Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Okay, so let's get into the Word together this morning. And uh, what I want to share with you today is a message that I've entitled, Promise and Process. Promise and Process. So we're going to be talking today about this issue of promise and process. And as we're speaking about this issue, I want to share with you one of my greatest challenges in life. One of the greatest challenges that I have in any and every capacity of life is this. It doesn't matter if we're talking about uh, leadership of the ministries here at the church or in my own personal life. The greatest challenge that I face are times when I believe that I have either received a vision from the Lord or understood something from His Word concerning how things were going to be or what His will was for my life. I can believe for great revival and awakening for this church. I can uh, believe for favor and increase in the ministries of this church. I can believe for blessing and favor that I've trusted that would attend my own personal life. And with that in mind, I set my course with a full anticipation that things are going to turn out a certain way. The only issue is that sometimes with my course set with such anticipation, I also find that along the way, time passes. And days turn into weeks, weeks turn to months. And the grand scheme that I have trusted seems to be just as far away from me or as uh, far from my attaining as it ever has been. It would, it would seem as if the promise had either died or never really was. And sometimes it's hard to discern the difference between that. And the greater challenge oftentimes is the struggle to then not take matters into my own hands but wait on God in His timing to bring everything to pass. It's difficult. It's difficult to wait. Uh, no time like the present are we stricken with the reality that there's no time that, that waiting on God is a difficult thing. Waiting through situation, waiting through circumstance, waiting through adversity, waiting through trouble, waiting through the questions that we might face in our, in our thoughts as we're, as we're looking to God for the fulfillment of His promises, yet on the horizon, all we can see are questions, all we can see are the difficulties, the seemingly insurmountable obstacles. And, you know, the more I've thought about this challenge, the more I've come to realize that the things that challenge my heart are a common thread that has challenged the hearts of man for as long as God has been birthing vision and revealing destinies to humankind. I'm not going to try to make a comprehensive list today but of folks for who this holds true in the Bible, but let me just take a moment here and name a few. If you will remember with me, there's a point in Scripture where we find a great prophet by the name of Elijah. Now, Elijah is a bold and mighty man of God. He is, he is just full of the Spirit of God and just 
just a, a boldness in his prophetic word to the generation. But there comes a point in Elijah's life when we find Elijah in a cave and he's asking God to take his life because things seemed so far off course that he thought to himself, certainly this is not the way God intended for it to be. Certainly the promise of God is still afar off. We see the prophet Jeremiah, again, another mighty man of God, and he's vowing not to speak anymore in the name of the Lord because he's sought the Lord, he's followed after God's promises and direction for his life, and it has got him nothing but adversity and trouble to this point. We see Sarah giving her husband uh, to her servant Hagar to try to produce a child after God had promised that she would bear Abraham a son. But she took those matters into her own hand. When the children of Israel who had cried out, for, uh, cried out to God for deliverance learned that an, an exodus out of Egypt also meant wandering in the wilderness, they were far too eager to turn back. Later on in the New Testament, we find a disillusioned, disenchanted group of men by a Galilean seashore who had returned to the trade of fishing because they were so confused by the recent turn of events that they were ready to just give it all up and allow that change of circumstance to have its full effect in their lives. These were men who had seen sick bodies being healed. These were men who had seen the miracle of provision. These were men who had seen even dead bodies raised to life again. And now they're doubting the very course of their lives because while they have a promise, they have not understood the process. How many of you, I wonder today, could identify with these great men and women of God, people who have come to points in their lives where they've assessed their life situation and they simply said, this is not how I thought things would be turning out right now. Who's with me today? Who's with me today? You've been waiting for God to move in a circumstance in your life. You've, you never thought that your relationships would crumble as they have. You never dreamed that your kids would be behaving the way that they are. And when you look back at your 18-year-old self, you would have never imagined facing what you're going through right now. You're trying to weigh your life experience against the word of the Lord and you're having trouble making things make sense. If that's you, if you can identify with those statements, then I'm talking to you today. I'm speaking directly to you today because understand this child of God that we all face these times in our lives from time to time when we just don't understand everything that's going on around us and we don't understand even sometimes the dynamics of our own lives because we believed we'd heard from God and we're standing on a promise but God is leading us through a process. Our problem often is that we are very excited about the promises of God, but in that excitement we are painfully unaware of the process that it may take to lead us from where we are to where we want to be or where we feel that God has said that we should be. And I want to introduce you to another character in the Bible who also struggled with the processing of God's promises in his life. Turn with me, please, to the book of Habakkuk. 
Habakkuk is one of the Old Testament prophets. It's near the, nearing the end of the Old Testament books, and he's a minor prophet, and if you're having trouble finding it, it's the fifth book from the end of the Old Testament. And we're not going to cover all of the specifics of this book today, and you know, maybe in some of the spare time that you have on your hands now with all the restaurants being closed and all of the different uh, things that are canceled. I mean, for crying out loud, the NBA is canceled, the NHL is canceled, pro tennis, pro golf, pro baseball is postponed, uh, and there's only so many times you can watch news cycles of the NFL draft so uh, you should have some extra time on your hands. I challenge you to go back and read uh, this little book of Habakkuk. It's not the most terribly long book in the Bible, so you should be able to read through that pretty readily. So, but Habakkuk was a man who understood the promises of God. He was a man who had a good sense of what should be with regard to God's people, sin and righteousness and the enemies of God, and Habakkuk is comprised in large part by two questions that Habakkuk asked God and the Lord's reply to those questions. The first question is this. Sin and immorality is running rampant in the land and Habakkuk is alarmed by the seeming inactivity on God's part. He begins to call out and he asks, How long, how long, God, are you going to let this justice, injustice go on? How long will you tolerate the wickedness that is so pervasive in our land today how long god how many of you have ever been in that situation when you're when you're watching things unfold you're watching social injustices that are carrying on you're you're watching times when it seems like the wicked are prospering and you're just you're just beginning to question god in your own minds and you're going hey god how long how long? I mean, I know that you're sovereign and I'm trusting that you're in control, but God, how long? There's some of you right now that, you know, you've been home with your kids all week long and you thought this was school time and now you find yourself a homeschooling parent and you're asking yourself now, huh, God, how long? How long is this going to carry on before there's some relief in this situation? He begins to call out to God, however, and ask how long. In verse 4 of chapter 1, uh, of Habakkuk even begins to question the validity of the Word of God. He, he sees things going on and they're, they're nothing that he's understood to be a part of God's plan. But wait, it gets worse. Question two is born out of God's response to the first question. Habakkuk, you see, didn't think that God was aware of what was going on in the world. He didn't think that God was willing to do anything about what was going on. And here's God's reply to that first question. God says this, I do see what's happening. I do see what's happening. And to a church, a generation of people today who are facing unprecedented times, I want to encourage you again. I know that you've heard me say this numerous times now, but I, I want you to listen to me and listen intently to my word right now. It may seem to you or it may feel to you that God doesn't know what's going on right now in your life. He doesn't understand the hardship. Maybe your business has closed down. 
Maybe your place of work has, has temporarily laid you off and, and all that you can see on the horizon are hardships and troubles and adversities. But let me promise you this, that as you bring that need to the Lord today, as you begin to lay that burden at the feet of God, understand this, he does know, he is aware of what you're facing. You may not understand why he's allowing you to face it, but he does know and he is aware. And God replied to this first question and says this, hey, to remedy what's happening, I'm going to send the Babylonians to lay siege to a country and punish these people for their wickedness. I can promise you that is not the answer that Habakkuk was looking for. I want to say this regarding our current situation, and that is this. There are a lot of people who don't understand why we might cancel a church service on a Sunday morning for the safety and the well-being of our people. But I can tell you this, there has been a sense of prayerfulness. There has been a sense of community. There has been a sense of people reaching out with a level of care and responsibility one for another like never before during this time. And I want to tell you that what the adversary has meant for evil, what would be a tool in the hand of the enemy to divide us has become for our church, I believe especially for Faith Assembly Church, has become a, a, an instrument in the hand of God that is drawing us closer to one another and is actually knitting our hearts closer than ever before sometimes God can send great adversity into our lives and it's for our own good now I'm not preaching to you this morning and saying that God sent a COVID-19 virus on the world I don't believe that that came from God but I do believe sometimes things are permitted by God to come into our lives and we have to go through adversity and we have to go through challenging situations for God to write some things in our lives for him to be able to help us correct course. And I believe there's a lot of things in the, uh, in the body of Christ where the course is being corrected at the present time through the present circumstances. I believe there's a greater awareness now in the body of Christ of what's going on around us than what's happening in our midst. And I believe, according to the Great Commission, that that is exactly the way the church should operate. Yes, we should, give, we, should, we should give heed to the things that are going on, the needs that are present in our own body, but we should also be aware of the hurt and the pain and the discomfort in the world around us as well. So God replies and he says, hey, I'm sending the Babylonians to lay siege to a country and to punish these people for their wickedness. What Habakkuk heard, though, is that it doesn't mean much to you and, and I that God was sending the, the Babylonians in to execute justice upon sinful people. But let me explain to you that what Habakkuk heard when the Lord announced his intention uh, to put this into context, we might say that Habakkuk is crying out to God about what he's dealing with in life, and he's asking God to do something and wondering why he hasn't, and he's questioning if he will. When God makes his announcement about what he's going to do, Habakkuk hears, oh my goodness, I'm getting ready to do something, and what I'm going to do is going to be the worst thing that you could have possibly ever imagined me doing. You see, Habakkuk was expecting God to send revival, to fix everything, to make all the problems go away. But instead, it would seem that God is sending a much bigger problem than they already had. And this is, this is when you say here, it went from bad to worse. 
It's a dire circumstance. It's a dire situation. But Habakkuk understands that God is a God of promises. God is a God of promises. He who has promised us is faithful. But in this moment, in this moment, Habakkuk's heart is broken by the news and he begins to call out to God. And he begins to, he begins to seek the face of the Lord again and he begins to call out and, and, and petition God and he begins to ask more questions and inquire. When we finally arrive at this point in Habakkuk chapter 2 and we begin reading here in verse 2 and we pick up on the Lord's reply to Habakkuk's second question. And the Lord replied to Habakkuk, and Habakkuk writes these words. Then the Lord said to me, Write my answers plainly on tablets, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled if it seems slow in coming. Church, listen to me this morning. If you are quarantined, if you're laid off, if you're facing hardship in your life, maybe, maybe you have situations that are completely unrelated to what's going on in the world around us. Maybe they were pre-existing things before any of this ever got started. Listen to me this morning. Hear me. It's for an appointed time. And if it seems slow in coming... Wait patiently for it, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. It will not be, it is delayed, but it will not be delayed. In other words, that in the, in the omnipotence of God, in his omniscience, in his all-knowing, he will give us a promise. And the promise is, is an end. It's a it's not right now, it's not who we are, it's not what we are, it's not where we are, but it's who we will become. It's what God wants us to become, and it's where God wants to lead us. It's not the beginning, it's not the middle, it's the end. And sometimes the greatest hardship in life are those anxious moments between where we are and where we believe that God wants us to be. It's the process. We get into situations in this life that cause us to question God and the devil comes in and he begins to lie and whisper doubt and fear into our hearts and we begin to get the message twisted. We think we're defeated. We think we're broke. We think that we're never going to get any victory. We think, we begin to think that there's no way out. And we begin to think that we've got to take matters into our own hands. But I want to challenge you today, child of God. You didn't hear him wrong. You didn't misunderstand the promise. When he said that you're more than a conqueror, you didn't under, misunderstand the promise. When he said that you are highly favored, you didn't misunderstand the promise. 
when he said that you were going to be the head and not the tail you didn't misunderstand the promise you may not understand where you are right now in the process but you did not misunderstand the promise when he said that he was going to provide all of your needs. Oh, pastor, don't give me the Jehovah Jireh sermon this morning. My, my office is at layoffs. I was a part of that cut of 191 people a couple of weeks ago from the, from the medical center. Don't, don't give me that right now. Listen, he, he didn't, you didn't misunderstand it when he said to you, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory. You didn't misunderstand the promise when he said that he was going to move mountains on your behalf either. And we've got to be sure that we're working in accordance today, church, with the correct message. Our message is not what our circumstances have dictated to us. Our message is what God has already declared over us. All of these things that we've just mentioned in the last few moments, that is God's promise for us. And right now, you may be going through situation and circumstances that are, that are denying that promise, that are prophesying and speaking against that promise. But understand this, God spoke to Habakkuk and said this, this promise, it's for a future time, and it describes an end. God says you've got to understand this, this message is not for this instant some of you right now that you're waiting on a promise from the Lord and what you need to understand in this moment is that that message is not for this instant it's not for this instant and here's where a lot of us get tripped up we've got a word from the Lord it's a promise for our lives and our situation and we want it to take place overnight. We, we want to be like Philip. As Philip was there ministering. And when his time at that place was through, God just translated him to another place. Just bang, gone. When we get a promise from God, we, we, we want it to come to fruition right now. Just God, I'm, I'm here and you want me there. Bang, move me God. I've got this and you want me to have that. God, lay it on me right now. I'm ready for it. But you didn't hear the promise wrong. You just didn't understand the process. You didn't know what God was going to have to lead you through to get you from where you are to where you need to be. You didn't realize that the journey from where you are to where God wants you to be was a little longer than you anticipated. It's a little more painful than you had reckoned for. And it's a little more lonely than you'd like for it to be. When God shows us something too many times, our expectation is that he's just going to hand it over. That one day everything's just going to change and one day all of our problems are just going to fade away. God loves you too much to do that to you. God loves us too much to do that to us. Notice I didn't say for us. Because what happens to us if we get everything we want without struggle? Well, what happens to us is that 
we don't grow in our faith. We don't mature as believers. Listen, the old song through it all says, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know my God could solve them. I wouldn't know what trust, what faith in His Word could do. But it's been through it all. As I've walked through the valleys, as I've had to traverse the rough places of life, those, those are the places where I learned what fellowship with the Holy Spirit can do. And church, listen to me. Though we may be in troublesome times right now, and though you, your head may be reeling every morning when you wake up, I know for me, almost for the last couple of weeks, as soon as, as, soon as my eyes open and as soon as I begin to take those first steps in the morning, I, I, I think to myself, was this some kind of dream? I mean, our nation is, is nearly on lockdown, and I just I get up every day and I go, was that some kind of dream? What? No, 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 it's real. It's real, it's happening. Your situation is, is real. It doesn't matter how little people around you understand it or don't understand it. It doesn't matter whether anyone else will validate your struggle or not. If it's real to you, it's real. Trust me, I know. It may not seem of much consequence to anybody else in the world. But right now, what's happening in your heart and in your mind, it's very real. And while process, waiting, trouble, obstacles, while all of those things are very real, Understand this, it doesn't negate the fact that God's word is forever settled. He who has promised is faithful. He who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. That thing that you've been trusting God for, listen church, it describes an end. Some of you are discouraged in transition. But you're not at the end of this thing yet. God's not finished with you yet. He's not done working in your situation. Sure, God is allowing you to go through some things right now. And you say, Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Sometimes we've just got to get our story straight, fix our posture, and change our tone of voice. And rather than speaking in a beat-down tone about what we're going through, we need rather to testify but that by the help and the grace of God, we are going through. And all of that is in your attitude and the posture. You know, it's, it's either, oh, what I'm going through, or it's praise God, I'm going through. It will be fulfilled. Wait patient. It will surely take place. I want to encourage you today that the darkest hours are just before the dawn. I feel like there's somebody that's watching this message today, that's hearing this word today, who's, who's watching online, and, and you need to be reminded that your breakthrough is right around the corner. 
We forfeit the promise oftentimes because we didn't understand the process. We didn't understand what we're going through. But what you're going through is not necessarily an indication of where you're going. I want to say that to you again. What you're going through is not necessarily an indication of where you're going. And it might be hard right now. It may be difficult, a difficult season. But God will see you through. He who has promised is faithful. And with these reminders, Habakkuk braces himself for the battle ahead and the hardships that are surely to come. And his closing remarks wax reminiscent of the words of Job who said, even though he slay me, yet will I serve him. And he's stating all the things that could go wrong. He's been reminded that his destiny is as sure as the very word of God and he closes this way. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 18, we begin with these words. And Habakkuk says this, Yet... I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me sure-footed as the deer and able to tread upon the heights. This is a song. It comes with instructions for the choir director. This prayer is to be accompanied by stringed instruments. Today, church, my challenge to you. On this Sunday in March, in the year 2020, when our world is seeing unprecedented change and challenge, stand firm in the promise of God. Stand firm in the word of the Lord for your life. Seek God with your whole heart. And let the Holy Spirit fill your heart with a new song. Let the Holy Spirit fill your heart with the song that Habakkuk sang. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer. In other words, when trouble comes, God's going to help you through it with a sure-footing. He's not going to let you slip. And you are going to be able to tread upon the heights. You may be walking in the valley right now, but God is going to see you to the mountaintop. You may be treading adversity right now, and it just it seems terrible. Listen. It's just part of the process. God has not forgotten you. God has not abandoned you. He's not changed his mind about you. He still loves you. It's just part of the process. But don't give up in the process because your promise is on the way. Church, I challenge you in these trying times. Stay faithful to the call and the promise of God over your life. Stand firm even in the midst of process. 
no matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult it becomes. Trusting God all the way through the process. And he's going to lead us to the fulfillment of that vision for our lives. Let me pray with you before we conclude today. Father, I know beyond a doubt that under the sound of my voice today that there are many people whose hearts are anguished within them because, God, they, they think somehow or they have been convinced or they feel that surely you must have lost touch with the affairs and the goings-on of their lives. Thank you, Lord, today for the reminder that you indeed have not lost touch of the things in our lives. But you will give us what we need, even sometimes, Lord, when those things that we need are very uncomfortable. But it's all a part of the process, and your promise still stands. God, I pray that you would guard the heart of every child of God with that promise right now. Guard the heart of every believer with that sure word right now. And God, would you just anoint right now that one that's discouraged, that one that's despondent, that one, Lord, to whom the adversary has lied so intensely. Fill their hearts now with the spirit of truth, I pray. God, add your blessing to this great congregation. Scattered though we may be this morning, we are united in Christ. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the cross. And Father, we give you praise for it today. We give you praise for the spirit of adoption that makes us one in the Father. And we bless you, Lord. Father, I pray if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that today needs to know salvation, God, I pray that you'd give them the courage for that life change. In fact, right now, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. To say this. God, I humbly confess that I'm a sinner that I am in need of your saving grace. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. God, I've lived for, for myself, but from this day forward, I want to live for you. Change me, O oh Lord, in making me a new creation. And I thank you for your goodness and your mercy in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer today, we believe that you're born again, that you've started a new chapter in your life. If you've done that, we'd love to hear about it. Would you comment on the section below of our live stream? Maybe email us here at the office if you would. Info at faith-assembly.org. We'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to get one of our pastors in touch with you to help you get started on your new journey of faith. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.